This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Previous on Lost. This is episode number 24, and on this episode, we're not actually covering a episode. Instead, we're going to cover an entire two seasons, and we're <laughs> we're going to do it in a short amount of time. No, we're not watching every episode and recording about those episodes. We're going to kind of give a retrospective look at season one, now that we finished season one, and kind of what we look forward to seeing when we get to season two. So uh, we're looking forward to this episode. We're gonna, I'll, I'll introduce the host, and then we'll kind of um, tell you a little bit about how tonight is going to go. So I'm going to introduce myself. I am Mike, and as we introduce ourselves, we are going to tell the other person our favorite uh, DC superhero. So I am Mike, and my favorite DC superhero is Batman. And Corey, what about you? Hey man, uh, wow! You really put me on the spot there. Uh, first of all, I'm doing great. Uh, I was gonna <laughs> say Batman too, but you know, I'll just go with my my number two, and uh, I'm gonna have to say Superman number two for me. All right, and the one who probably took both his choices, Steven. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. With Batman and Superman covered, I don't know where else to go. Uh, could throw out an Aquaman or. Or something, but um, can we say specifically like a Michael Keaton Batman? Can we specify our Batman? You could, you could do that. You could do that. I, I'll, I will allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, good, good, good. So we are uh, going to be talking a little bit tonight about our retrospective look on Lost. Um, we'll give a little bit about where you can find us all that after the end of the podcast. But here's how we're going to do it. So throughout these last couple of weeks, we have wrote a list of the top five of season one. Five people, aspects, themes, episodes, whatever. Our top five list for each one of us. Now, if for some, so what we're going to do is one of us is going to start it off. We're going to read one of ours. They're in no particular order on which one we like the most. Um, but we're going to give up. We're going to start with one. And then after maybe I'm done or Corey's done, we're going to keep moving on. And maybe it was Steven's turn. So we're just going to, we're each going to give one and then keep on going. A lot of ours kind of um, mesh from season one a little bit. And then uh, when we start talking about season two, we're going to start talking about some things that we know are coming up in season two that we're excited about seeing um, and we look forward to seeing. By the way, I want to give a shout out to, I, I don't have the email in front of me right now, but our listener who emailed uh, and let me know that there was an audio problem with a couple episodes back. Thank you so much for that. In case you guys don't know, we actually record these like, we're like, what, an episode ahead probably or two episodes ahead. So by the time... The last one went out, which is Exodus Part 1. We are now recording uh, a retrospective look. We've already recorded uh, Exodus Parts 2 and 3. So d- does that mean... behind the scenes podcasting world. D- does that mean that we're in the future or that we're in the past? That's that's the question. We're in the flash sideways. Oh, okay. That, yeah, we're <laughs> we're in an alternate universe. Well, we're kind of in the so, future, but when you listen to this, it will be in the past. We're kind of sideways. So we're kind of both. Yeah. Hey. So, uh, but yeah. So that's kind of a little bit of back background of the podcasting world, how we're doing things. Now you kind of know what we're uh, what's going on. Um, that's one reason why we don't give you a date on when we're recording these either, like uh, on other podcasts, because well, whatever today it is, you won't hear see this one for four weeks. Uh, but uh, here we go. So top five, season one. All right. Let's go ahead then, and let's start off with. Uh, well, Corey, your name is first on this list here. So, Corey, give us one of your top five from season one. And, well, well, since I'm first in the alphabet, I feel feel worthy of this position here. You know, I was just, I was trying to think back about the whole season, and I was very focused on, on like, the moments that just stick with me. And as much as I wanted to try to come up with some, like, unique, special little moment... I just, the first thing you got to go with 
for me, the crash aftermath, Absolutely. the very first moment, very first seconds of the show. And, and I watched it today just to kind of hype myself up. Jack opens his eyes and that whole sequence, it never gets old running around. And it's just an amazing sequence. You get to see everybody in the cast. Uh, most of them get a good shot, except like Locke is kind of just like running by in the background. But you pretty much see everybody freaking out and it just sets the tone for the whole show. And for a show that was in 2004, you're like, holy crap, this is crazy for TV. And in 2020, it's still awesome. So, like, that's got to be, I mean, season one, great moment. In the whole series, a great moment, too. Absolutely. That was actually one of mine as well, was the the, uh, pilot episode. I mean, that's pretty much the crash, was the pilot episode. I mean, it was just, it was, uh, man, it was just unseen on TV, the way they did things. I mean, they put a, you think about it, they put a exploded plane on a beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, you know, and, and, and like you said, the iconic, and of course we're going to get to when we get to the end of the show, but the iconic scene where Jack just opens his eyes and his pupils open up and and you see these, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to think about how far we've come now from the first episode all the way to where we are now at the end of season one. So yeah, the pilot episode is just absolutely uh, one of one of my favorites as well. So yeah, the crash aftermath, you know, and you know, thinking about what we know happened, where he looks, at Boone's like, you know, I was a I was a lifeguard, and and he said, well, go find me a pen, go find me a pen, and he just goes around <laughs> looking for a pen, and has nothing to do with with, uh, but it's just it's a great yeah, absolutely crash aftermath. And you, sure. you can't forget about our, our friend Gary Troop, who got sucked up into the into oh. the plane there. That talk about an explosive moment in a never made it. You know, there's there's actually also a a crackpot theory out there that when Boone was in the the uh, Beechcraft plane, he saw another pen next to the radio, and he was reaching for that, and that's actually what made the plane fall and and really led to his death. So. Oh my! Just very poetic, that's, full that's circle. That's a terrible. That's a terrible theory. I mean, my theory was better. Where Locke got, you know, I almost thought about putting that on my top five. Was Locke Locke being possessed by the smoke monster back in episode two? <laughs> well, we want this to be a you know a, a podcast that's that's not you know five hours long. So if we go there, <laughs> sure, sure, for sure. Uh, but since we're oh. talking about the pilot, I wanted to bring up. I was really torn between putting down the beginning of this episode or the very end of part two, the pilot part two, because I also think that's such an iconic moment. You know, this isn't part, I'm kind of cheating here, but I, the moment where Charlie says, guys, where are we? And you have, you know, half the cast up there with the radio and the, the French um, transmission. Uh, that was really a moment where you're like, wait, this is really weird. Like there's some weird, mysterious stuff going on and obviously the first cliffhanger we get yeah oh yeah and the first time like you said the cliffhanger the first time we see that loss boom, boom right at the end come up and like whoa what was that what's going on now so well, all right well steven what you got man give us one of your five all right i went with uh, the the mysterious christian shepherd um Everything surrounding Christian Shepherd, I just found really interesting. Um, this first season, you know, from the first time you see him on the beach, and you know, when Jack takes him to the, uh, when he gets Jack to the caves, um, you know, he he's dead the whole time, but he's still such an important part of the story, and. Um, and it also leads to he always seems to have a, uh, a a bit of wisdom about him, even though he's going going through some things. His conversation with Sawyer down in Australia led to well, you know one of the my favorite scenes, which was you know Sawyer sharing that story with Jack. Christian Shepherd, his his shadow looms large over this first season even though he he dies before the story begins. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, Christian Shepard, to me, I mean, the ghost part kind of, you know, 
you know, we'll, we'll find out more about that later, but, you know, it kind of tilted off at, toward the middle of the season. Like, you don't see it as much, but you do see how he's impacted and connected characters behind the scenes. So, you know, like you said, you know, he's, he, he's in Australia. Well, obviously, he meets up with Sawyer and, and, and sees Sawyer, and then Sawyer and Jack have that one connection between those two. And then you're going to find out, of course, you know, Christian and Claire later on. So you, you see all these little tiny connections. But, yeah, Christian Shepard was always such a mysterious person, and he had more to do on the island and off-island than I think a lot of people give him credit for in the show. Yeah, I think this this is a really good one. I actually didn't think about this, and I was trying to find a way to to bring in some of the flashbacks because they're so important to the show. Uh, they didn't it didn't really uh, work with any of my uh, selections, but man, yeah, Christian Shepard he's he's such a focal point of this season as this mysterious figure, and you would have never guessed when you watched this first season that he would remain such an important mysterious figure for the whole series and he and he really does to the very last episode and he's you know he's less shrouded in mystery by the end but still just as important yeah absolutely absolutely so um all right so my turn let's talk about it it's it's everybody's mind we know it's gonna happen the booner roll the death of boone and the funeral for boone what a emotionally (laughs) gut-punching episode uh, and series of events this was. So, of course, Boone goes down in the plane. Locke brings him back, lies about it, leaves before Jack can question him. And then Jack giving his own blood, son really stepping up. So everything surrounding Boone's death is huge. You know, son really stepping up and putting her hold on Jack and saying, no, you know, you've given enough. It's not helping. And and then, you know, him wanting to cut off Boone's leg, and Boone says no, and then the funeral, and then Locke showing up mid-funeral, <laughs> and uh, just an iconic block showing up with a bloody shirt on, and Jack just lunging on him. Yeah, he's I mean, he he's not just, very familiar with what you're supposed to wear to a funeral. Right, right. <laughs> so when you think about Boone's death in the show, what a major – it's almost like the writers and the director was like – this show is great, but let me kick you in the teeth to really let you know how serious we are in this show. And it was almost like the turning point in the show. Like, okay, we're going to be here for the long haul, and here's why we're going to be here. We're going to kill off a major character like nine, ten episodes in. Yeah, and if you think about it, it's that's probably the main um, plot point near the end of the season. And I'm not obviously not the final episode, but like kind of the back half of the season. The first half, first half has to do with getting rescue adapting and tracking down the transmission those are kind of the the important things in the first half and then there there's not as much guiding them in the middle and then the boon death funeral conflict that all comes from that that's like the biggest plot point probably in the the the, uh, back third yeah i also think another powerful powerful part of the the boon death is the fact that his sister is off on a nice romantic date with Saeed when it happens. And I mean, just how brutal of a, you know, comparison that is that while her brother's dying, she's off, you know, having a nice moment with Saeed, a a relationship that I think, um, I think they built pretty strongly. You know, people, people have different opinions of that, but whatever you think about Saeed and uh, Shannon, the fact that, she wasn't there and had to come back to find out her brother had died. It, that's a that's a powerful moment and a loss for any character. Well, and, and Boone was such a well liked, uh, not character from the TV uh, viewer perspective, but well liked individual as an you know survivor on the island, and uh, he was buddy buddy with Locke, who's kind of this figure that. Is polarizing, and so Locke having uh, Boone as his his uh, right hand man, I think helped Locke with uh, you know interacting with other people like Jack. And now once Boone is gone, now Locke is exposed on his own, and he becomes uh, much more of an enemy uh, or an antagonist of some of the other characters. As we 
you know see in the in the end of the season and and we'll see for you know a lot of the next season as well and even boone right now boone's death still is having ramifications in the season finale like like you see shannon still struggling even to get off the beach in exodus and you can see she's still torn up with the fact that boone is not there anymore and then you know walt leaves um vincent there to help comfort shannon during this and then you see shannon and saeed finally reconciling because you know saeed refused to kill uh kill uh, a lock for it so we we see the effects that that this has on our character still even in the season finale and uh but yeah boone's death man was just a turning point i think in the show for sure so all right uh Corey, you're up again what you got man top five all right, I, I had to go with another obvious one, and it's it's another all-time great moment in the show, and I just got to go with Walkabout, and specifically, the moment I'm talking about is at the end of the episode, where we get the back-and-forth intercutting of uh, the reveal that Locke is handicapped, and yeah. also the scene, which, you know, to this day, probably... If I watch the whole episode, this is still going to make me tear up a little bit. It's got to be one of the most emotional scenes. But seeing him look down at, at his feet and and uh, move that toe and realize that he's not paralyzed anymore, and then get up and this sense of joy in this moment of terror, uh, and it's such a juxta- juxtaposition for for Locke. And uh, when you see him so angry and heartbroken. You know, talking to the Australian guy, uh, you know, in the wheelchair, and then you see him actually get to become who we know him to be uh, currently. Oh, it just it never gets old, and obviously, it's a it's a an amazing moment that that uh, brought a lot of people into the show for the long haul. Yeah, that was uh, that's like the jaw dropping moment <laughs> of, of of I think the season was uh, well, one of them was. Wait a minute, Locke and Walk? Or Locke was paralyzed? So Yeah, a lot of people of say... We, we don't know exactly how he was paralyzed yet. Yeah, a lot of people say that this is the best episode in the series, which, as a big Locke fan, um, that's cool, but I actually don't think it's the best episode. I mean, I, I like the episode, but I think there's a lot more episodes that are better. But I do think it's one of the most important, and especially that moment. That moment is just... It's, it's so great. And it's also really cool knowing that they filmed that when they filmed the pilot and then they hold on, held on. I'm pretty sure maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure they filmed a lot of those sequences when they filmed the pilot or maybe they just faked it. But, you know, that they're cutting back to this moment in the pilot and you've got that crazy shaky cam and this super narrow focus it, it, where it gets all blurry and the camera shakes back. And it's just such a cool moment. It never gets old. Yeah. Steven, what you got? Number two for you. Well, number two would be the numbers. Um, Ooh. The, uh, obviously, the, the numbers episode was fantastic. You know, we, we waited so long to get a Hurley episode. He was really the last of the main characters to get a, a centric episode. And it was a, you know, a, a mind bender for sure, you know. He won the lottery with these numbers. These numbers keep showing up on the island. Then we find them on the hatch at the end. That great scene where he tries to stop Locke from <laughs> run after <laughs> it, from lighting the dynamite. <laughs> uh, you know, okay. Hey, sometimes when you just put yourself in the position of these characters, how crazy that has to be. That he won the lottery with these numbers. He's been convinced they're bad luck. Then he finds him on these maps written by a French woman who's been on the island for 16 years. And then he sees him written on this hatch that's been there for who knows how long. The The mystery surrounding the numbers, to me, was definitely grabbed my attention. And, you know, the, the mysteries on this show were great. And the numbers was one of the first really big ones. Yeah, the numbers the numbers were definitely huge, and and I know the numbers were going to be really big in season two, 
and obviously we're going to see a lot of that play out in season two when we get to, when we get into the hatch. Um, but yeah, the numbers we know they're so mysterious to us. Like we still don't know about the numbers in season one, but yet they seem to have infiltrated like everybody's life somehow. And uh, and and yeah, the numbers big big part big introduction in season in season one for sure. Yeah, th- this is one of the first big mysteries, and we we get a few of these peppered throughout the season of season one. And then I think season two, it's just like, you're taking body shots of mystery after mystery after mystery. But this is the first really big one. And definitely probably the weirdest one. Um, in my opinion, at least I, I always found this to be one of the weirdest things. And it's so, it's so cool. But when you first see it, you're like, what the heck? These numbers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact that, the the one of the first answers we get about the numbers happened outside of the show you know is the alternate reality game i don't remember if it was between the first and the second or the second and the third season where you know you found out about the valenzetti equation and the hand so so it kind of rewarded people who really wanted to dig into the show and you know were really captured by the mysteries while still being accessible for people who didn't want to, you know, delve into it that deeply. Yeah, totally. So, uh, another one of mine that I had was, uh, and I know I mentioned this when we first talked about it, but the gun case on the episode, whatever the case may be. This, for, you know, for the whole time, we, we haven't had guns really introduced in the show. And then all of a sudden, well, except for, you know, we obviously we had the Marshall's gun. We know that. Uh, and Sawyer, of course, missed when he went to kill the guy. Um, but we, we have the introduction introduction of guns on this show. You know, it used to be, okay, we're going to survive. Now it's, we need to, you know, we found these, these guns now. And you see this interaction between, between Kate and Sawyer, this constant back and forth to open up a Halliburton case with that Hurley laugh set because they're trying to open it up. And uh, and you see this introduction of guns and how Sawyer had the Marshall's gun and killed the polar bear, but it's the first time that, okay, now there's actually not just a threat of what is out there that they hear in the end of the pilot episode, but now there's a threat of one another because now guns have entered into the equation. Yeah, and it's so fun how the gun case is tied to a couple different people, you know, being part of Kate's history with the Marshall but Jack, you know, he ends up with the key and Sawyer's a part of it with the chase sequences. It's it's a really fun sequence that that uh, ends up building a ton of drama. Yeah. Uh, Corey, you got anything else? So, yeah, my, my next one is, it's actually funny. This is the episode, bef- the, the podcast episode before Steven and I joined on, The Moth. So I remember... Ah. I remember listening to the podcast, be like, "What is this about?" Okay, and and then and then we joined on the next one. Uh, but anyways, I always loved this moment, and specifically, I'm thinking about kind of the 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 few moments uh, where where Charlie goes to ask for his drugs back, and there's this. The, I think it's the second time he goes to ask for his drugs. Locke says, "You know, he shows him the moth, and there's a there's a cocoon." excuse me and you know Locke says you know i could open it up with my knife right here and help the moth out and then he says you know but that would that would be the wrong thing to do because then the moth would be too weak you know and his his fun line is you know the struggle is nature's way of strengthening it and it's just a great uh metaphor for i think jacob and what he's doing to all these people on the island and you know just the show in general and then you know i love the moment of of uh charlie coming back in the end and throwing the drugs in the fire but this it it was just such a great moment because it it says so much about the storytelling the personal storytelling of this this show but also you know it's a metaphor for the mythology it you know it always does make me wonder as to why why Jack never picked up on the fact that Hurley was de- detoxing at first? Like it, it's just it. I mean, I know eventually, you know, he 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 would and he'd help him, but it's amazing that he didn't see it at first. 
Um, but yeah, this the struggle in the Moth episode, the Moth is absolutely one of one of my favorite episodes. You know, we have Mike the Architect now, Michael the Architect. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, that's I'm gonna right. I'm going to build this water filtration system, and and we can have fresh showers, and just and um, and uh, uh, can't move. Up. So it was a good episode, good episode for sure. And for me, uh, I wanted to, I did, like, I think one last thing. I think Charlie is such a great character, and I think that uh, this is like his MVP season. I know people love him later in, in like season three, but I just think Charlie in season one, he was such a unique, cool character. Uh, and he was honestly, he's one of the reasons that I started watching the show Dominic Monaghan, because I was a huge Lord of the Rings fan still am, but especially back in 2004 when it was very fresh. And so that, I mean, he was one of the things, one of the people that brought me, into wanting to to explore the show so i've always felt this connection to uh charlie in in the first season and i think a lot of people feel the same way well uh yeah what do you mean wait a minute you mean nobody liked charlie in season two what <laughs> well I just, he doesn't have as much two. to do he's just <laughs> chilling well, he's just like the the babysitter i i think that the this relationship between Locke and charlie in the moth was was su- they had such a strong character growth between them that it's it's really going to be tough to watch what's coming here in season two. Um, the the path that those two go down is really you know kind of one of, you know one of the more controversial parts of Lost, where you know the the fire fire plus water episode that's going to come up in season two you know you hate to see these characters get from this point to to where they're where they're heading to yeah you, yeah i guess you could just say you see a lot of these people at their worst and yeah it, it still is yet to come for for a lot of them uh steven what you got what's another give me give us another one you got your top five well um Mine, you know, wasn't so much uh, individual moments, but just the overall connections between the characters, specifically in their flashbacks. Um, but just how how these characters kept, you know, it really, towards the end of the season, we start seeing just how much these people's stories all intertwine. Um, you know, you see... Just in a small way, you see, I believe it's when they go to the, when Jen goes to the house for Mr. Pike, I think Hurley's on the TV in the background, you know, after winning the lottery. So you just start with these small little things. Sawyer gets dragged through the police station when Boone's there. Um, And you just, it slowly, you start to realize, oh, hey, these characters are all intertwined. You know, the, you get the obviously the Christian and and um, Sawyer at the bar. In the future, we'll find out that Anna Lucia was involved in that story too. So there's so many co- connections between the characters. I it was either on the season one, I think the season two DVD possibly, where you could actually like click on the characters' heads and see all the different lines of how many characters they connected to. I always found that re- wow. really fascinating, you know, that the, basically the writer, just the great job the writers did in creating this story um, is it's all intertwined. And the thinking and the storyboards that they must have had to have in order to make sure they kept all of their <laughs> things straight yeah. was uh, was pretty good. Yeah, I think the, the continuity of it is, is really well done and it, it really makes sense. And then, you know, they explain a lot of this stuff as, as the show goes on. And then you see kind of Jacob's hand that led a lot of these um, connections to, to occur. So it's, I, I always thought it was a, a great staple of the show to have these intertwined histories and futures. Yeah. And it's almost one of those that, that, without certain characters being connected in the past like you wouldn't have the character that you may love now so that you you have to have this moment of uh that there has to be that connective moment with them so that's good um another one of mine speaking of characters is uh sawyer's character growth from the first episode 
to the season finale. Okay, so the first episode, you got this guy who is rummaging through the plane with their with, with where the dead bodies are at. You know, they 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 think it's Bor at first, but he's rummaging through, hoarding all the supplies, hoarding everything he can find in his tent, and he's just a smug, arrogant. I want everybody to you know, to hate me and, and blah, blah, blah. And then by the end of the season, you see him pull the gun to protect Walt. And, yeah, and, and you see this complete growth in this character. I, I definitely think Sawyer would compete for, you know, MVP of the season if there was such a thing. Like, he is so important. And, and you know, he has a lot of dramatic moments, but he's also so funny. And he is one of the characters that, they're not afraid to make him just a complete jerk, um, you know. So yeah, great character growth. I, my one of mine is is pretty much this. So I'm going to piggyback off off of your your point here and just specifically say, for me, the moment that I really um, always think of when I think of Sawyer is in the Confidence Man, where near the end, where Sawyer we we've seen the letter a few times, and Kate puts it all together. And there's the reveal that you wrote this letter. No, a kid didn't write this to you. You wrote this and that Sawyer is some other guy and that you're just pretending to be. And, of course, we get the reveal of of Sawyer's past. He tells the story, you know, the sad story of how he became the, the very guy he was hunting, trying to kill. And the fact that Sawyer wants to be hated and he chooses to let people think even worse of him than than maybe he deserves and uh you know it really sets up his his arc that you're talking about for the whole season of course now we 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 also have the moment where we know he wrongfully kills the um the the shrimp truck guy and and you know it wasn't it wasn't the sawyer he thought it was he had been played into killing that guy so almost that moment where he is being tortured by saeed and then all the the crap he allows to happen to him is almost like his way of saying I was the one who killed that guy I knew it was the wrong this is my penance yeah this is my this is my judgment for it so but yeah Sawyer's character phenomenal in season one for sure well I think it's just a credit to Josh Holloway the actor that I mean if, if you pulled uh, you know a hundred lost fans probably 80% of them would list Sawyer as one of their favorite characters. And he he is, without a doubt, a, the, a problematic character. I mean, he's racist, sexist, he steals off dead bodies. He, I mean, the things he does are horrible, but he's just so darn charming about it. And you you really get the sense that deep, you know, deep down he's a good guy and... You know, he's just a very, uh, very troubled individual because, you know, he's had a hard life and he's done things he's not proud of. But I I think, yeah, Sawyer absolutely is an MVP of this season. And you mentioned Josh Holloway. I need to mention, too, if you have not seen Colony, I know they kind of I really hated that that they cut that show short on USA Network. Uh, but uh, it's like three seasons of that show. Man, that was an amazing show. Uh, so he, he's, he's the main actor in there along with, um, oh, I can't remember her name now. She played the wife of Rick, uh, she played the wife of Rick Grimes on Walking Dead. Um, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name either. But uh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Wayne Callies. That's it. There yeah. it is. So him and her played uh, played opposites on lead role in that. So if you get a chance, check check out Colony. Good show. Good show. Uh, Steven, got another one for us? Yeah. Um, one of mine was just the the concept of special of the characters that were special. Um, the ones that particularly stood out to me were Walt and Locke. There is consistently through the season we're hearing about how special Locke is um, from different people um, in his backstory and on the island, and also in Walt. Um, I would say one of you know we're not on the season two yet, but the the fact that I think Walt was one of the most interesting character setups that they just weren't able to 
pay off as well as they could have because he, you know, he grew up and I don't know if he aged a little bit faster than they expected, had a little growth spurt, but I feel like to me, one of the biggest what ifs of this show was just how well they set up Walt and how they weren't quite able to pay that off in my mind. But the, the whole, the birds flying into the window, the polar bear comic book, and then the polar bear showing up, that is more the mystery um, that the show was so good at really, really drew me in. Yeah. And you mentioned special characters like Walt and Locke. Did you forget about Nikki and Paulo? I thought they were pretty special too. <laughs> well, we we haven't met them yet, but they're they're doing some special things in the background right now. They're, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. If, if anyone's special, it's Arts. It's Arts. <laughs> he was necessary. You know, just throwing his hands around with dynamite in it. Good job, buddy. Good job. But yeah, I I do agree. The special characters like Walt and Locke. You know, Locke we get more of him, but Walt we get his time with us kind of gets cut short between these couple seasons. So, um, but yeah, the what makes Walt special? What makes Locke special? You know, we'll have the episode, um, oh, where he really confronts his special uh, his speciality. Locke does, I think, in the next couple seasons. So, um, let's see. I had my my last one. I because uh, we kind of both, uh, me and Corey kind of both hit about the pilot, uh, the hatch discovery and everything that leads to, you have the boon and the lock finding the hatch. And then, uh, you have them clearing out this, you know, with sticks and stones, they clear out this massive amount of dirt around the hatch. And then finally they pop the lid at the end and you just got this iconic shot of lock and, uh, Jack just staring down into, this hatch that everybody's wondering like what the crap is in the hatch so an amazing moment and i don't even think the writers knew where they were going to go with season two with the hatch until they until they finished season one like oh cool we have another season you know we 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 got picked up for season two now what the crap is in the hatch guys (laughs) (laughs) so uh Corey, yeah any more yeah, it kind of related to that in a way. I just, you know, about the the finale, which we we've just talked a lot about recently. Uh, I just think that the the launching of the raft and kind of the culmination of that story and what it represents. It, it kind of represents the 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 side of the the island survival story that is not like the mysteries and the supernatural, just people stuck surviving together and trying to work together to get off the island and and uh you know get back to their lives and this great human moment human triumph where they push the raft off and it's so hopeful uh i just think it's a fantastic moment and like it it just is a great conclusion to the season uh and then we have of course the 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 hatch opening at the end that brings us back to what the reality of the show really is it's it's much different than just being able to get on a raft and, and get off the island because obviously that doesn't happen. But yeah, that's just uh, an amazing moment, and I always connect to that. Yeah. All right, last one of our top five from season one. It goes to Steven. Who, what you got? Well, I, I don't think we can talk about season one without talking about the smoke monster from the pilot from yep. the pilot until. The trip through the dark territory in the in the finale, um, the smoke monster loomed large over the the whole season, from when he possessed Locke um, on the early in the season, which we know happened. That's right. Uh, but no, I, I think that was one of the. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It did. <laughs> you know. I'm, yeah, sure it did. <laughs> one, oh. One of the big mysteries of Lost. Um, was you know that's what people talked about the polar bear the smoke monster um, you know what is this thing is it a dinosaur is it a you know it's tech it's got the taxi the re- the noise of the receipts from the taxi cabs in New York you know mechanical sounds we hear Rousseau saying it's the uh, you know the security system of the island what is the smoke monster is just you know, it's very important to season one. 
I do know that that sound for like ever had had, had been my like message tone for my phone was the smoke monster. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, but yeah, the smoke monster, um, of course, later on we'll learn that that's, you know, the man in black and whatnot, but we, uh, but yeah, the smoke monster, the, from the initial setup, as, as, as y'all mentioned earlier in the, the end of season I mean, at the end of the pilot episode where Charlie had said, you know, guys, where are we? That's because they heard trees breaking and they heard the smoke monster in a wood. So he sets up this this threat of we can't go in the woods because there's something in there. We don't know what it is. We can't go on the water because we don't have any way to go, anywhere to go. And we don't know where land is. We can't stay on the beach because of the heat. We have no water. So it sets up all these contrary. What the crap are we going to do? So... Yep. Yeah, I, smoke monster. Just to to summarize, I would say the smoke monster is like the embodiment of the mystery of the island. You don't know what it is, and it just it just presents to us that there's a lot of mysterious stuff out here. We 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 really don't know what it is, and they they put it right there in the pilot, and it and it lingers throughout the whole season. And uh, you know, we're just going to continue to learn more. Yeah. All right, so moving on, we're going to try to hit a lightning round here of Season 2, our top five. All right, so I'm going to kick this one off, you know, even though I don't have alphabetical treatment. Um, I think one of, <laughs> <Go them ahead>. that, <laughs> one of them that probably is really big in our, in, in, in our thoughts is the, um, the tailies, the introduction of the tail section of the plane. Uh, we could, we could honestly, we could go, we could go a long time thinking about this or, or, or discussing it. But the fact that we get the, you know, we, we get the introduction of Anna Lucia and of course we get Bernard. So we get, we get Rose back finally and how Rose and Bernard were really Dharma workers the entire time. And, uh, we get this, this introduction of how nuts Aunt Lucia went. Then we see Hurley get true love with Libby. So we get this whole introduction of the tail section plane and we see what happened to them the first 40 plus days compared to what happened to the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the front, the, the front section. And we get the, because we get the introduction of, um, Anna Lucia, we get this introduction of the love square because he's not really a love triangle anymore because it's a love square between Jack, Sawyer, Kate, and Anna Lucia now. I think it's a love uh, love rhombus, actually. <laughs> a love rhombus. I mean, it's just... it's, But uh, but yeah, we, we have the Tailey section, so we get the introduction. So I'm looking forward to that, um, for sure. Yeah, they're amazing characters. They're... It's it's a shame that we we get mo- most of them only for one season, but yeah, the Tailies are awesome. Yeah, what? Well, uh, I'm gonna ho- Steven, I'm gonna hop in here doing, and go ahead. I'm gonna piggyback on that one, and you know, in talking about the Tailies, you know, my favorite Tailie and you know, probably my favorite character in the whole show was Mister Echo. The, I love this character. He was so imposing and mysterious and just such an interesting character um that as the with his giant stick. yes with his uh jesus stick um this was the honestly the first episode i ever watched of the show was the mr echo flashback episode so maybe that's why i feel so strongly about him wow. um but I am very excited to have Mr. Echo into the story. All right. All right. Uh, Corey, back to the alpha doing alphabetical. You're going last this time. <laughs> all right. Well, I just love the tease at the end of season one where, where Jack says to Kate, we're going to have a lock problem. And, yeah, I love that tease. It's going to happen. And I love the the budding relationship between Jack and Locke, science versus faith, and it's great, and it lasts. It's it's really heavily uh, played throughout the whole season, so I I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, another one of mine, and one of my absolute favorite characters is uh, Desmond. So we get this introduction of this. You know, we, we hear the song, you know, make your own kind of music, and then you hear the boom, and you hear the rumble, and, and he realizes that, you know, the hatch has, you know, has 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 been opened, and you, you meet him for the first time 
when he's got Locke at gunpoint. And is it Locke or Jack? It's Locke, isn't it? Yeah, it's Locke. Yeah, he's got he's got he's got Locke at. I thought for some reason I thought it was Jack, but he's got Locke at gunpoint. And you see this crazy guy with a beard and long hair. And you're like, holy crap, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> he, well, no, he sorry, he doesn't have the beard of this one. But you're like, where did this guy come from? He wasn't on. So immediately you already see new characters being introduced in season two. So Desmond is what's something I'm really looking forward to. That's one of my favorite parts. Favorite opening is when he's when he's made making food and and riding on the spin bike and just and just uh, getting getting ready for the day. And then you hear the the beep beep beep, and he goes and puts some things in. And but Desmond, that's one of mine. Man, you know, as as I'm thinking uh, as I'm thinking about go it here, it. Go, it'll be interesting going back and watching the episodes about Desmond and the Hatch. Considering where our society is at the moment, you know, everybody's in quarantine for a couple months, Mm -hmm. you know, people, we're all struggling here for a couple months, so to be down there for three years, I can't imagine uh, what Desmond was was going through to stay sane for three years. Yeah, and your alarm clock going off every 108 (laughs) minutes, too. Oh, that'd be an irritating (laughs) night of sleep. You'd get nothing, man. Oh boy! Oh boy, Stephen, do you have another one? Well, mine kind of followed along those lines, but it just the season one told a really good, tight story about these people, and season two just really expanded the the world of the show. Um, you know, we find out about the Tailies, we meet Desmond, we find out about the Hatches. You know. Kelvin Inman, who is down there with Desmond, who we'll get to, that you it took this show from being a show about this group of people, and particularly these what fourteen of this group of people, and it really just yeah. blew it up and uh, really opened up the world, which is why I think I said season two is my favorite season of the show. I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but I love season two. I don't know who those people are that don't like season two. <laughs> I think one of them sitting, <laughs> sitting right there. No, I, I, okay. I should preface this. I enjoy season two. It's not my favorite season. I enjoy a lot of the stuff in there, but overall, it's not one of my favorite seasons. So it's kind of down there. It does have, the characters. I mean, the the stories are good, but we'll get into that in season two when we get to it, and I'll explain why I don't like it as much. But Corey, <laughs> give us another one. What you got? All right. Well, this is probably my number one. I am really looking forward to the development of the relationship between Shannon and Saeed. Mm. Just kidding. Just kidding. Sorry, that was mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, that was a smoke so screen. <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, don't get your hopes up for that. Uh, I would just say pressing the button. Just simply, I love the Swan Station. I love the look of that room. I love the sound and the fact that they have to coordinate this and figure out how to press it every 108 minutes and assign people to do it. And the, and uh, you know having Hurley and there's so much drama revolving around pressing the button. And it's just it's such a cool. Uh, thing that we just get for one season and I understand why Steven loves it so much because it is really cool and unique and it, it you know it it had to go it's good that it went but it is it is really a fun uh, it, you know thing while we have it there it, it is interesting to and you speak about pressing the button you see the arguments between Jack and Locke and Jack's just like I don't think anything's going to happen and Locke's like no we have to press it I don't think anything's going to happen <laughs> just this constant battle at, at toward, toward the end of season two, if they're going to press or not, it, it's kind of a constant battle of who's in charge of the button too. You know, between Locke wanting Jack to be involved and Locke not, Jack, you know, then Locke stops believing and Mister Echo comes in. It's kind of like they're they're tagging in and out of being responsible for the button. It's kind of an ongoing theme of the season. Yeah. And then you know, kind of bouncing off of that to one of mine as to one of my uh, um, thoughts as well, we get the whole door coming down on Locke's leg, and then like the 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 um, not the blue light, the door down on Locke. I mean, in lockdown. 
Yeah. That, that was a stretch. Oh, imagine how that, they did wow, that, that was... one. <laughs> <laughs> and you see this 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 massive thing that that Kelvin and, and Desmond had had created where it has all the different Dharma stations. So now you realize that it's not just one, but there are multiple stations now around the island. So you get that kind of a big reveal. So now now what you're hoping in Season 2 is that, oh man, I hope in Season 3 maybe we get to explore some of these other stations and see what they're about. So we get introduced to the Dharma stations. I'm pretty excited um, that we're going to get that for sure. Let's see. Steven, give us another one. Well, I, I think we're all kind of you know having a little bit of overlap here. But mine was, you know, in addition to expanding the world as far as people, but it really ramped up the mist season two really was the ramping up of the mysteries you know we're talking about the dharma initiative the button the numbers involved in the button um there the mysteries really go again go from you know the small ones in season one they really expand this season and i i think some of the mysteries in season two there's kind of mixed opinions on how well those were all answered, which I think leads to some of the, you know, a, a mixed reception of season two now looking back. But the way they introduced them and the way it made you think at the time, I, I think was really great. So I, I enjoyed just the questions season two made you ask and the just the goose just that blast door map we just talked about i mean there was so many you know online theories about that that you could go and research it it really is a show that makes you think and i think season two really was the height of that yeah you know yeah and i actually i want to piggyback off this too uh one of my points that i put down here is uh cliffhangers with a bunch of exclamation points because what you're talking about is is what really gets people obsessed with the show at this point. And what I really mean about the cliffhangers is in season two, it seems like almost every episode has a crazy cliffhanger with some sort of mystery. And it's the type of cliffhanger that makes you yell at the TV. Cause you're like, dang it. It's 2am. And now I have to watch the next episode. I have to put yep. the next disc in which is what I was doing or, or whatever it is. You can't, you couldn't stop. Just even things that were simple, like some of the Hurley episodes that were not even that crazy at the end with uh, with Libby being in the, the mental hospital. Or um, you know, I can't think of more examples right now. I've had them, but the end of like the first few episodes of the, like the orientation and just and then when uh, yeah, when they find Jin on the beach and uh, the tailies run up. There's so many cliffhangers. There's pl- plenty with Henry Gale. It seems like every single episode, and this is when Lost starts to do, instead of like the nice music montage like in season one, they have these crazy horns and brass, and they like ramp up at the end of every episode, and then they end with that like Lost, and it it was always like my mind yeah. is just blown. Now I have to watch another one, and this becomes a theme. You know, they do this a lot in in some of the other seasons, but I feel like especially season two, it's just every episode these crazy cliffhangers yeah uh and 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 i that's that's kind of what i'm looking forward to um as well what i need to do is get that sound bite of of cory going and and make that spark the episodes to show somehow (laughs) i'll do that at the end of every episode now (laughs) every episode no longer the lost town's gonna be the No, I um, so the, I'm gonna kind of combine two of mine because uh, I know we're we're running a little long here, um, but because uh, they kind of go together. But the overall character development throughout season two of our main cast, um, whether we think of talk about Jack or Locke or even the Claire and Charlie relationship and that development of how that's gonna end and. And um, so the overall development of all the characters is something I'm looking forward to. I think that's that's one of the points I really did love in episode, in season two. Like I loved the story, I loved the overall character development. I felt the storyline took too long to get to. That's one of the things I I feel like season two kind of really dragged in a lot of areas. 
but that's my biggest gripe of season two. But um, but I think that the stories themselves and the development of the characters was really good. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to that. Corey, you got you got another one for us? Yeah, I have one more, and it's and it's related to that. I just I'm looking forward to what Kate did, learning more about that. And I, I wanted to bring up Kate when we were talking about season one when we talked about Sawyer because she was so intertwined with with that. Um, relationship, you know, her and Sawyer, and the the outlaw nature, and I just think she's such an important character and such a great, um, interesting figure and a strong character. And she has this this mysterious background, and I'm just excited to put another like puzzle piece in the middle, you know, to learn more about Kate, and then you know, be weirded out by Kate's horse that is. Uh, mm-hmm. A whole nother thing to unpack, which, but yeah, which which we still never get an answer to the entire show. So if you're waiting to figure out where the horse went or where it come from, you're never gonna get that answer. So no. just don't even bother. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm specifically I, I like uh, a lot of Kate's story in season two, and I, I'm excited about that. And Steven, finish this <laughs> out here, man. All right. Well, uh, I still had a couple here. Um, first was the capture and the imprisonment of Henry Gale. You know, this is going to be really intense part of the season. Um, is he another? Is he who he says he is? Um, it's hard to imagine, you know, when you get to the end of this show that we haven't even met been yet you know michael emerson is such a an important part of this show and the way he is introduced is just great tv i tell you every time he talks you believe him and then every time saeed comes in and beats him up then you believe saeed you believe jack it's just there it there's so much good dialogue and one-upsmanship between you know Henry and Locke and Jack and Saeed it's just a really intense great part of the season here's where you're getting at and I know where you're going at with this his manipulation of of the circumstance and Locke is absolutely one of the highlights of season two how he manipulates Locke And then you have the moment where he sends Saeed after he draws the map to where his balloon, quote unquote, landed. And then Saeed comes back. He's like, no, you were right. Everything you said was right. But I decided to dig a little more. And here's what I found. (laughs) (laughs) That just gave me the chills thinking about that moment. It's a, oh. Those those guys are cold-blooded. And a little smudge smirk come, come across Ben's face. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm excited for the just, yeah, Yeah. the cereal. Yeah, I think another great cliffhanger. I just the others in general getting more of them. So, all right, Steven, you got we got you got one more. Let's talk about it. it, Well, um, season one ended with uh, they they had they were coming for the boy, and season two, um, you know, we got to go get the boy back. Um, Michael's mission to get his son back. Um, Walt. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, we get a lot. We get a lot of Walt. We get a lot of ill-advised um, attempts. Um, we get a little gap. We get a lot of deaths in there. Yeah, and if this story goes somewhere, I would have never expected it to go. And all we wanted was a all we wanted was a pillow and a blanket for the picnic. <laughs> and seriously, leads to one to still one of the all time most shocking moments I've ever seen in a TV show. Um, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll talk about that when you know when we get there. But this story is tough. We'll just we'll just say the writers they left it all out on the court. They just said screw it. We're we're gonna go all in on this. See what happens. Yep. Well, look, guys, uh, that brings us to the end here. And uh, so that was kind of our look back at season one. And we got to look forward to season two. So here in a couple weeks, we're going to look at season two, episode number one. And uh, looking forward to to dig into that. But if you want to talk to a little, bus, a little bit more about that, understand that probably when you 
when you hear this episode, we're already going to be looking at episode two of season two. So if you have thoughts about that episode, go ahead and send them to us. And um, for episode two, because you're probably not going to be able to get it then. And then, well, guess what, guys? When we're on episode one, we're probably, by the time you get episode one, we're going to be recording for episode three. So we're always going to be a couple ahead. So if you have thoughts, send them to us for those episodes. Uh, you could do that uh, by checking out our Discord channel. We have a Discord ch- uh, chat in there, and uh, talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RetroZapped. Uh, you could also follow the show itself at Lead Lost Rewatch Pod. Obviously, we're on Instagram and Facebook as as well. You can find me on Twitter at the DC Fanboy. Uh, Steven, where can our folks find you? I'm on Twitter at Lucky Thirteen Steve. And Corey, where can people find you? You guys can find me at Original Mav. And I, I just wanted to say I am so stoked for season two. I think this is going to be really fun and really interesting. I think it's a very fitting, relevant season to be down in the Swan Station. And it's, I just I hope you know we have some more interaction here and really dig deep on this. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. That's right. That means he's going to be very active on Twitter, probably. I'm on um, Twitter constantly. Whatever. I never like, see you post a thing on Twitter. Like twice a, twice a month. <laughs> twice a month. <laughs> what are the kids using today? Uh, but uh, but look, y'all, check us out at RetroZap.com for all of our other shows. It's going to be it's going to be great. So, with all that being said, I am Mike. That is Corey and Steven. And y'all, we are out. So we'll see you next time on Previously on Lost. Peace out. Have a good one.